Hello. So, um, Alex and I decided that we would film podcast episodes in our respective locations because neither one of us wants to make the trek to the other's house in this Ohio weather. Um, so we figured that both of, like, we would both film an episode talking about whatever we want to talk about and upload them both. Um, so you get two. Congratulations. Um, for mine, I want to cover a few, a few bases, but I'd like to start by saying that if you haven't watched any bands play live for MTV, specifically in the 90s, well, that was the last time. No, they have to, I mean, I don't know if they're still doing them. I had seen a little bit of Nirvana, and I'd seen the entirety of the Foo Fighters um, on MTV, but that was um, more recent. I say um a lot, don't I? Anyway, um, I spent my day watching a shit ton of them, so I watched, like, I mean, I rewatched Nirvana, and that was really really sad for some reason very upsetting um but I rewatched Foo Fighters and I watched uh Alice in Chains I've been a big fan of Alice in Chains for a while um I started listening to Dirt and then I asked my brother about them and he said it was one of his favorite bands so um I kind of ran with that but (laughs) I did a bunch of research on their lead singer, currently blanking on his name, but um, found out he died from overdosing on Speedball, so that's really upsetting for him, and um, people only found out because his cat was acting funny, which breaks my heart. Um, Anyways, very tempted to join a rock band. I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably play the cymbals or the tambourine. Um, but yeah. So Dave Grohl plays his guitar like a drum kit. And that is like, he's not classically trained. And that is one of the most fascinating things I've ever watched on YouTube. Just like him talk about how he plays a guitar. I don't even know how to play guitar, but it was still really, really satisfying something within me. Um, but yeah, so recently it has come to my attention. So let me, let me explain something to you. Let me like draw this out for you. Picture me. It's like five fucking like... 30 in the morning and it's breakfast time I sit down with my bowl of fruity pebbles and I'm making a February playlist if you don't already follow me on Spotify my Spotify is just Emmy Carol there's two R's and two L's in Carol anyway um, I sit down to make this playlist and I'm making it so that I'm adding everything in order of like albums which is normal for people, but I just don't, like, I've never done that before. Anyway, I went to the Blue Album, 
by Joni Mitchell, and it was gone. Just not a trace of it. Um, and if you know me, if you're a close personal friend of mine, you know that Joni Mitchell is definitely one of my top female artists of all time. Um, and her most notable, most acclaimed album, Blue, is gone. So I looked it up, and at the time it was an article that had come out three days ago. Mind you, I don't have Twitter or anything. Like, I don't have a bunch of social media accounts. Like, I only have a Snapchat at this point. Because I'll explain in a second. But I hadn't heard anything about it. And apparently it was common knowledge, but apparently Joe Rogan, whom... I don't know a lot about. I've done my research the past few days since coming across this information, but apparently Joe Rogan had caught COVID, got treated with some like single cell organism, like fuck, I don't even know what it was, some treatment that is supposed to cure your COVID or make your COVID go away. He had done a day of these treatments and he tweeted about it and liberal media went crazy, which is a little bit rubs me the wrong way because a bunch of liberal politicians have been getting the same treatment, but it's Joe Rogan. So like, I guess he gets fucking flamed for it. To clarify, I don't have a political opinion. I stay entirely neutral and base my ideologies off of logic. So, pretty much, um, it started with Neil Young. He said, um, to simplify it, Hey, Joe Rogan, you're not allowed to have your own opinions. Um, and I don't like you because your opinion is not my own, so I'm going to take my music off of your most famous platform so that I have no ties to you. And you're probably thinking, Emmy, is that really how it happened? And I would tell you, yes. This is one of those situations where something is blown so completely out of proportion because no one is open-minded about anything anymore. If I just upset you, um, I'm not sorry because I, okay, we all have our respective opinions. We're all subjective to our own thoughts and ideas and opinions on different things. And if I am so upset about someone having an opinion, it's not hurting me. It's not misinformation. It's just somebody's take on something. It's it's not lies per se. It's not something that's I mean, I guess it's dependent on like your ideas or your take on the virus in and of itself. But pretty much these big artists, big um primarily liberal artists were just like, "Hey, like, you have an opinion that isn't my own. Fuck you. Um, I'm taking my shit off of Spotify. 
So, shout out to Joni Mitchell for ruining my life. Um, I'm still going to listen to Blue on, like, fucking SoundCloud. But screw you. Like, entirely. Like, screw you, actually. It doesn't rock at all. It's so, it's so bad. I hate Twitter. I don't even have Twitter. But shit on Twitter is bizarre. Just, like, the radicalism of both sides being so, like, fucking, like, it's crazy on there. Anything that ever starts, anything, anyone that is ever, like, blacklisted on Twitter is because they have, they, like, challenge a belief or opinion. And I'm not saying that I agree with all of these challenges. COVID is real. Like, COVID's fucking real, but when people have when they bring up a new hypothetical when they bring up a new healing tactic or I don't know like why is that immediately shot down we don't know enough about it but I don't know my dad who is a conservative has been like raving about this John Hopkins article where they pretty much came out and said That, like, nothing, no COVID protocols we're using are real. Like, nothing actually works, so we should just move on. Um, And I don't really agree with that. Um, I have my own hot takes on COVID. Um, And before you're like, ew, does she think COVID's not real? No, like, I think COVID's real. Like, I wear my mask to school and it's not mandated. Like, I wear my mask everywhere. I try to stay safe. I get tested and I don't go around people that I know aren't vaccinated because a lot of people at my public high school decided that it is okay for them to just come in unvaccinated and unmasked. Um, I'm just all for being open-minded, not at the cost of other people. So, um, I don't fucking, I don't know a lot about Joe Rogan. All I know is that People don't like that he will, like, have a blacklisted right-wing, like, radical right-wing person. And then, like, have Wiz Khalifa and, like, a liberal politician on a week later. Like, people just don't really fuck with that. And that's fine. Like, more power to you. But I think it's important. I mean, Joe Rogan can be a shitty person, but it's... And probably fucking is a shitty person, but having someone who can kind of mediate politics and, like, the construct of everything that's going on right now within different radicalist beliefs and belief systems, I think that's really powerful. And, um... Joe Rogan's making Spotify so much money. So by Spotify just saying like, okay, goodbye, Neil Young. We don't actually need you. Um, More like props to fucking Spotify. Um, By the way, I've never listened to a Neil Young song. I actually thought they were like saying Neil Diamond wrong. (laughs) Because I don't know who Neil Young is. But anyway, I'll move on. Um... Recently, I have been, so I've been on this whole kick of figuring out who I really am, who I want to be, 
and just like how I identify. Um, and that's in everything and in, in myself, in my opinions, in my beliefs, um, where, who I want to be with my beliefs, if that makes sense. But I have just spent like months and months and months, um, alone doing it. And I also work with a therapist trying to figure it out, but, um, being nice has been a huge thing that I've been trying to just like reform within my brain. I spent so long on like dry humor, like I'm gonna be mean to you because it's like fucking funny TikTok. And I do still think it's funny, like being a bitter bitch in specific situations and like having dry humor, like it's really entertaining for me but a lot of people take it the wrong way or don't understand when like you make a specific like facial expression and a part like a very small part of me is like okay maybe they're just like stupid and don't get it like maybe they're the problem but a greater much larger part of me has come to terms with the fact that I've just been like evil for months just like evil and not in the way of like I don't make fun of people like it's not actually like egregious it's not mean it's just like very offhanded and like dry and I feel like I was making people feel like very small which has been very challenging because another big part of like me trying to figure out who I am is like the part of me that loves everyone like I'm not I'm not mean I've never been mean. Like, I... I think people are so cool. Like, I'll just sit and watch people do shit. Like, I, I'm very observant of those around me. Like, I love to people watch, and I I think what... I, th I love all the silly things that we, like, do as humans. And I, I write a lot about it. I do, like, personal writing shit, but... I just want to love people, and I do love people. I'm just so bad at showing it. Like, at some point along my, like, in the past year, my consciousness of love languages was kind of diminished. Like, someone would tell me, or I would ask what someone's love language was, and I'd figure it out, and I would utilize that like, to my advantage. Like, this is how this person feels loved. You love them. Show them that. Um, and so I did. But at a certain point, and I do blame TikTok for it, um, I just became so physically, like, trapped within my... Like, I don't know how to describe it, but... 
So, like, for example, my love language and a love language that I project onto other people as well as, you know, myself and as well as using their love language um, is physical touch. But at some point along the way, like at some point in the last few months, that became so taboo, like showing physical affection. And it's, it's not in the sense that I think I'm going to make anyone uncomfortable because I don't, like I know boundaries, I understand like social cues <laughs> and what people around me and like my friends more specifically are comfortable with. But like I know, like I my friends and I, like, we just hold hands. Like, we'd be out to dinner and, like, you'd hold the hand of the person next to you. Or, like, my mom and I, whenever we'd be out somewhere, like, we'd link arms. Just because it's, it's just like a, I just think it's adorable. Like, I love that that's how humans work and, like, show each other that, like, you're really cool. Like, you rock. (laughs) So, if, that makes sense and so at some point I just stopped doing that and I picked up on this um the other day I got like food poisoning and I'm not going to tell you from what but I got food poisoning and I was home from school and Stanley Steamer came to my house so my sister and I were like trapped in my living room (laughs) And we were watching About Time on Netflix. If you've seen it, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. But I'll kind of explain it as I go. Um, pretty much, this character in the movie, her name is Kit Kat. She plays the protagonist, like the main character's uh, younger sister. And the way she was described at the beginning was so, I mean, in in different ways similar to me. Like, she was just so, she's very outgoing, but she shows it in her physicality. Like, if she sees someone, or if she wants to show someone that she cares about them, she's so hands-on about it. Like, just so much physical affection. Like, you can tell that her heart is so big. And I I just want to be able to do that. Because that's how I feel. That's how I've always felt. Like, not when I was, like, fucking 13 and emo. But now, like, everything is so... Everything is so thought out, yet simplified in my life and I crave the little things like recently all I've been wanting to do is like hug people and be outside like be in nature which has just never happened it's just weird things that I want to do so badly as I get older simple things like easy things but they're so like insurmountable in a sense I don't know but um While we're at the kind of point of being nice to people and the topic, the notion of being a good person, um, I'd like to give my hot take on 
speaking up for others. Um, for example, in my kind of identity crisis, in my, <laughs> not identity crisis, but in my, um, what's the word? experience trying to figure out who I am I've come across the fact that I speak up a lot about different things like I narc (laughs) on shit but it's only ever been for the good of people that need it um if I'll, I'll elaborate and just, and just like how I feel in those situations and why I do it and if it's worth it. So like something, so for example, say something's happening, like someone's saying something and it's just so utterly cruel. Like, why are you saying that? What is the point of that? What is your goal? What's your motive? Like someone's just saying something that's so out of left field and you're just sitting there like, okay, that's not normal. You're not normal and you're not nice. (laughs) Um, Just doing something about that. Like I, in so many different situations... Like, so I give someone an inch and they run with a mile and it gets to a point where they're making me legitimately uncomfortable saying something or saying something about someone else. And I have never been someone to just sit and let that happen. So, like, either I'll speak up directly to them or not even, it's not even in a super objectively, like, school basis, just, like, in general, wherever I am at whatever time. Um, just, like, telling someone. And it, I know, (laughs) right now if you're listening to this, you're like, wow, so she's just, like, a fucking snitch. Um, fuck snitches. There are, there is a time and place for snitching, and the only time and place is when someone's just being a dick. Um, and no one around you is willing to stand up to it. Like, there is this kid just so, so cruel. He was so mean. He still is. And he had said something and I mean, I had dealt, I had had to deal with this kid because he was in close relation to one of my best friends, um, best friend at the time, but for, like, a year or two that I'd known him, he would just say the meanest things, and it was like, I, I, I understand that I think he had some kind of emotional disability, like, some mental health problem, but he would he would say something that he knew wasn't right and would blame it or would people would defend him and say like, oh, he has like ADHD or some shit. That doesn't fly around here. People know right from wrong and 
this person sucks. And so eventually, like, he had said so many things, like, just homophobic slurs, a bunch of shit about my friends, and I would always say something like, hey, blah, 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 insert name, like, what are you doing? Like, what are, what is, what is the reason for this? Like, the person you're in close relation with, like, you're in a relationship with, like, these are their friends. What is this doing for you? And the kid just would not stop, and so I was staying quiet about it for a while until he said something that I... I've been told I misinterpreted it, but it was still a comment about, like, a homophobic comment. Um, and I didn't say something to anyone in power. I said something directly to him. Um, and the backlash was nuts. Backlash, like, you could not believe. This shit was crazy. Um, people were telling me, or, like, even, like, my closest friends, like, why can't you keep your mouth shut? Just, like, why, no one cares, why can't you keep your mouth shut? But if something's important to me, or if something makes me uncomfortable, I have never been someone that just sits and, like, fucking takes it. You have a voice. And that sounds so redundant and mundane, but like you actually have the power to tell someone to fuck off. So if you're bothered, do something. It is cowardly to just sit and take bullshit. I don't know. But a big part of me, like trying to figure out my identity was to question, like, should I have done that? Like, am I the person that I had been told, like, makes a scene? And I'm not, like, a confrontational white girl. Like, I had never done something like that. I've been really good. Like, I've... Good. I've been really good my whole life at just, like, being really dry and... um calm when I'm mad at people to like a sinister degree so I'm not I'm not talking about like being a white girl activist like not I'm and I hope I'm not being I hope this isn't being misconstrued in that way but just like saying something anyway um I was questioning like did I have to do that? Did I have to say that? Why did I do that? Am I upset that I did it? Do I regret it? And I'm telling you honestly, all the times that I have defended someone, defended a cause, or defended a community, I have never once regretted it. Ever. And so the point of this is to say that... Um, if you're listening to this, I love you and I don't want anyone to hurt you and I don't want your 
ideas on different things hurt. I don't want something that you identify with to be hurt. Does that make sense? Anyway, moving on. Um, along with my identity crisis, I have been doing something I like to call um, phone reform, which is pretty much me deleting TikTok. And I know what you're thinking. Emmy, it's not a huge deal, but it is. So let me elaborate. I was talking with my therapist and I was telling her, she was like, so, you know, what's your goal? Like, what is the main thing you want to overcome this year? And my immediate response was my phone. And she was like, what, what's specifically on your phone? And I said, TikTok. Because it is the biggest drainer in my life. I want, I wish I could calculate how much time I've spent on TikTok since I was in like third grade when it used to be musically. Like, I wish someone could calculate that for me because I don't, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I have wasted so much of my life mindlessly scrolling through something that I just don't care about. It's immediate gratification. Just like opening your phone and immediately being entertained. I don't want that at all. And it's it's hard when people think that when it feels like such a safe space because, you know, your phone is catered to you and there's online communities that you're really equipped for. And so you're put into these communities and your phone is designed to you that you feel such a solidarity within that thing. And there's so much ethos and you're so comfortable. And that's a lot of where the whole idea of brainwashing comes in. That whole, sorry, that's loud. That whole concept. But like content and entertainment imitate real tangible company. So like we isolate ourselves to like so entirely from what is real and then that eventually is internalized and then that becomes anguish and everything we know and everything around us is diminished to the point of us just having a completely incorrect sense of reality and then when we're spit back into that reality it feels like we have nothing left does that make sense I hope that made sense because that was kind of just a lot of like word soup but I just don't want to live like that. Like, I don't want to be a love child of shit I'm seeing on TikTok. It started when, like, people were wearing zebra print pants. Like, that was when it clicked that TikTok doesn't teach fashion. 
and everyone on TikTok is wearing ridiculously ugly clothes depending on like what side of TikTok you're on. Like at one point I was on zebra print like bright green top TikTok and if that's what you're into um dude that's really sick but um that's when it clicked to for me that like you can't dress like TikTok girls. Um, and that's actually only gotten worse. And if you think logically and you like look at an outfit video on TikTok, a lot of the times it's just horrible. But everyone's fashion opinions are their own. So actually just forget I said anything. Um, and there are a lot of people on TikTok that I actually enjoy what they're doing and like their style um but yeah um being in public school has been a huge eye-opener for like what tiktok does to a society (laughs) like i'll go through a school day with like like you can see what side of tiktok someone's on by the way they dress or like what color their hair is um and by their mannerisms like if someone watches um chase fucking rutherford on tiktok you can tell and that's terrifying um people that talk with their hands and do that like pointy thing like you're on white girl confrontational like starbies tiktok Um, it's really scary. Also, people like TikTok dancing in classrooms. There is no bigger ick than somebody TikTok dancing in your, like, English class. And I don't know if I'm alone on that or if anyone else wants to just, like, strangle people when they start busting a move. But it's not, it's not gonna do it. It is not working. Um, and I just decided to put my foot down and decided that nothing I had seen on TikTok was actually, like, funny or entertaining in a while. And, like, people around me that are constantly on TikTok aren't funny or entertaining and haven't been for a while. So I deleted it. Um, and I don't want to, like peer pressure you into deleting your TikTok, but I'm at a point in my life where all I want to do is live my life and have my own reality and not live in someone else's. Like, that is not your life. Your phone is not your life. It's an addiction. It's something that, like, you actually crave. Like, I deleted TikTok maybe... The first time I deleted it was probably, like, a month or three weeks ago. And I would have, like, a craving. Like, what I could only imagine would be, like, I need a cigarette. Like, I need a cigarette. That was what it was like. Just having, like, an actual physical impulse to open my phone. When it's not what I want to do. It's just what I'm so accustomed to. And so... Yeah, anyway, let's see how long I've been talking. Let's see.
35 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. Um, but yeah, my goals right now, like in my life, are just to be conscious and mindful and understanding of the world around me and understanding of how my own brain ticks, what I like, what I dislike, what I think, and not just being a robot. Like, for so long, everything I did, everything I said, like, my tone of voice was from TikTok. Just not at all original. This was, like, 2019. Like, I was a literal robot. I can't explain it. I was brainwashed. It's still a form of brainwash, of, like, thought reform. But I... I don't know. It's horrible. Um, so right now all I want to do is... Like, do any of your moms just, like, have a 100% on their phone all day? Like, they charge it... Like, my mom, she has, like, a 100% all day. She's just never on her fucking phone. And I want to live like that. Because I hate the thing. I hate my phone. The only reason I ever have it is because, like, people text me. But... I just hate, like, it's, it's so dissatisfying. Like, I'd much rather paint or read or listen to music or, like, talk to someone. Like, have an actual talk with someone in person. Like, not over my fucking phone. But, anyway, I digress. Um... I have a question, and, like, if you have my Snapchat, I want a legitimate answer. Um, has anyone else just not been excited for anything in a very long time? Like, in an almost, like, apocalyptic way? Just no fucking joy about anything? Like, I haven't been elated by something in so long. That's a lie. I'm actually reading a book about figure skaters right now. <laughs> and I'm loving it. Like I'm like I'm so excited to turn this off when I'm done and go like read it in my bed. But no, like Christmas was horrible. Like I loved it. I was very grateful for everything I got and I was so glad to be around my family. But I wasn't happy. Like, I wasn't excited. I just don't get excited for shit. It's because my time flies and my emotions can't keep up with my body. This, like, I... The new year hit and I felt like last new year had felt like a, a day ago. Like, everything that happened last year is still so new to me because my senses haven't caught up. My body goes through day after day after day and my emotions don't. And it's not like anything's pent up. Like, not a lot actually makes me emotional, but I just don't feel things in the moment. And I don't, I don't really feel them later anyway. I guess you could call it 
um, like depression, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not, I'm not depressed. I don't feel depressed. Like I'm not in a perpetual state of sadness and I'm not numb either. Like I'm not saying shit doesn't like make me laugh or cry, but like specifically the emotion of like having joy in your system like my whole life I could always like like I always had anxiety in the pit of my stomach and it was tangible like I could feel it it was this like big intrinsic thing that was just always there and and I hated it because it's anxiety like it it feels shitty but it was like something that I could feel going on in my body and in my senses and, like, I, and whenever it was, like, Christmas or something really exciting was gonna happen, I would, like, I could just feel it in my stomach, like, butterflies almost. And I was, I was little, so it was, it was tiny things, like, oh, after, like, it would be a Friday, and I was, like, fucking seven, and my mom and I would have plans to, like, go shopping and get dinner, and all day I would just be like titillated like so fucking excited and I just haven't I just want to feel like that again and I know it's part of growing up and I I don't wish I was young again all I want to do is grow up but I I I wonder about that and I have feelings of like remorse for myself <laughs> Anyway, I think I should talk about, do you guys, well, you can't actually answer, but do you guys want me to talk about, like, books and movies that I like? Because I feel like I always feel super rushed around Alex, or, and, like, Alex and I don't watch a lot of the same movies. We especially don't read a lot of the same books, um... But I've, like, I, ooh, I read, like, 110 books last year. And I recommended, I recommended one book in this podcast. And one of, like, the most persistent listeners, like, one of the most, like, she's always listening to this podcast. She was like, holy shit, like, I read the book you recommended. And I was like, no way. You did? And so I figured I should recommend to you a few books. Um, and so I'm just going to list these off the top of my head. Um, Daisy Jones in the Six by, um, fucking, holy shit, holy shit, Seven Lies of Evelyn Hugo. What's her fucking name? She has three names. You don't actually get to know because I forget. Um, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Delia Owens is actually... A, she was like a suspect of like a murder case like in real life because like she lived in Africa like she lived in she was like a zoologist and so a lot of the stuff in Where the Crawdads Sing there's a lot of shit about nature because this girl's isolated in nature it's a fascinating book and it's so beautifully written I think I read it in a day in like that month, like that memory now is 
craveable. I miss that time in my life so bad. But that book is nuts. It's so good. And even though the author may be controversial, it's still a, it's just a feel good book for me. It didn't actually feel good at the end at all. Um, I was sobbing in a hotel room at like two in the morning while my family was sleeping. But very, very good book. Um, The Glass Castle, which is a memoir by Jeanette Walls. A lot of people have to read it for school and that makes it shitty because people don't want to be reminded of like books they had to read for school. But I've never read a book so perfectly done. There's so much, uh, so I'm fascinated by alcoholism and its effect on people and their families and their lives. And this book was such a good example of it. Um, it, If you're interested, it deals with a lot of um, alcoholism and childhood ignorance. Just not understanding what people are doing around you because you're so young and uninformed. Um, And there was a lot of just very familiar things that happened in the book. And the way it's written, you just kind of feel like the main character like you feel like Jeanette it's really really good and I like I like books that are set up in the way it's set up where it's like year by year just kind of explaining the most important events of each year um if you're again if you're interested it follows a family in poverty um it's fascinating I loved it but um ooh, other than that um the Aquatar series the Court of Thorns and Roses I've recommended it to so many people. I've had so many people read it and tell me what they think. It is so good. A lot of people on TikTok call it fairy porn, but a lot of it is like war strategy. And I love it so much. Uh, another book series that was good is um The Cruel Prince, which there's a girl in my film class and her and I are always talking about it because she loves it too. Uh... But, I mean, it is very much like fairy politics. Like, if you're into political books, not in, like, actual real-world, like, politics way, like, in a this-is-a-fairy-realm way, it was very, very good. (laughs) Um, So that's great. Um, Let me think. Fight Club by um, Paul... No, Chuck Paul... However you pronounce his last name. Chuck. Can you imagine? No, his name is Paul. Um, crazy. That's such a good book. Um, I regret to inform everyone that I also love the movie. Um, just because I'm really into like psychological... I'm really into like analyzing people's psychological states and so... That movie's... I, I really enjoy that movie. I, I know it's very, like, film bro, middle-aged man to say that. But it's good. Um, ooh, let me think. I read I read a lot, and I'm not remembering. Oh, um, if you're interested in contemporary romance wrecks, um, The Unhoneymooners is great. The Hating Game, obviously, was one of my favorite books of last year. Just because it was, like everything I needed in a romance book. I loved it. Don't watch the movie, though. The movie's fucking horrible. Um, It Ends With Us is very well known. 
um, very much commoner, very much not based, but it, I mean, it was good. Don't read Ugly Love. Fuck Colleen Hoover for that book. Ugly Love was horrible. Just a big shit waste of money. Um, it happened one summer is great. The Love Hypothesis is great. Um, before, no, that's a lie. Uh, ooh, ooh. Tut, tut. The kiss quote is. Don't quote me on that. Start reading it, but don't tell anyone I recommended it to you. The Kiss Quotient by Helen Hong. I haven't actually given you any authors, and that is my bad. Um, I'm trying to think of books I've pirated. Right now I'm uh, reading From Lukov with Love, and it's really good. I like it. Um, I'm on the edge of my seat, I'll tell you that much. I'm trying to think. I read a lot of shit and yet I can't remember anything. Um, Shadow and Bone, the first book is good, but I hated the rest of them. Uh, People We Meet on Vacations, great. Uh, Beach Read is great. Anything by that author is super good. Um, Fucking Harry Potter. Hell yeah. Those books are great. I read them all last year. Again, no, the first time. But we don't have to talk about that. A lot of shit. If anyone wants to, if you have my Snapchat and you want to ask about books, I have a whole lot to recommend. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to do my media for the week and I'm going to take my sweet, 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 sweet time. Um, because I actually just never get to. This week, ooh, oh shit. If I meant to recommend movies. So if you're, I'm only recommending psychological movies this week. But if you're into that kind of stuff, just kind of breaking down people's emotional states. Um, if you're into movies that have a psychological subplot, like a deeper meaning to them from kind of the perspective of the protagonist um here are some really good ones um my favorite movie of all time the lighthouse it's an a24 film a24 a24 film starring robert pattinson and willem dafoe it's a silent movie and it's in black and white and it is the best thing i've ever seen um swiss army man with daniel radcliffe v harry potter um Watched it this week, immediately went to my top two movies of all time. There's, you're gonna watch it, and you're gonna be like, what the fuck was that? Like, it's literally a farting corpse. Like, a farting corpse. Like, they had to clog his butthole with a cork to get him to stop. But, like, watch that movie, and then read a bunch of articles on it, and figure out what everything really meant. And it'll blow your mind. It blew my mind. Blew it. Um, And then we need to talk about Kevin starring uh, Tilda Swinton. uh, Fuck, Ezra Miller. That's amazing. It's so good. It's my third favorite. Um, Definitely recommend those if that is what you're into. My therapist 
has watched them all after I told her about them. And, like, oh, okay, so, like, if you really liked Black Swan, those are the movies for you. That's a good way to put it. Um, my songs for the week. Um, I'll start with albums. So, Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd has been off the chain. Um, I think I've listened to it from start to finish three times today. Um, literal, like, a actual sexual awakening. Like, I think my balls dropped listening to it. Um, so yeah, definitely listen to that. Um, definitely Maybe by Oasis. I had only listened to, fuck, I forget the name of the album, but it has, like, Don't Look Back and Anger on it. Like, all their radio songs, it has all those on it. Um, I had only ever listened to that because it had the hits, but, um, definitely Maybe. I had been meaning to listen to, and it was very, very good. Um, and then Independent Songs, None Shall Pass by Aesop Rock, which is, I mean, one of the best rap songs I've heard in a while. Um, I mean, if you're into rap, MF Doom on Mad Villain, Raid and Accordion are two very good songs. Um, and then Twilight by Boa, which I might have previously mentioned actually, in another episode, but, um, You Ain't Going Nowhere by The Birds. Um, I'm obsessed with, um, First Aid Kit. They're one of my favorite artists that I've found in the past year. Uh, just such good, like, I Wanna Dance in a Field music. Their favorite artists of all time are The Birds. Uh, their song, Amy Lou, is about Emmy Lou, whatever her last name is, who must have been a vocalist for the Birds or like married to one of the lead singers, but I really like the song. Um, and then Tried and True by Ween. Um, anything on Quebec by Ween is really good. Uh, it's going to be a long night and Transdermal Celebration are two of the just like swankiest I'm gonna bust a boogie, like, I'm going to boogie down on someone's mom right now, like, if you're, like, if you're into that shit, it is such a good album, my brother showed it to me, um, don't get it twisted, The Mollusk is bad, um, I hate everything on that album, like, Ocean Man is good, if you're, like, driving in a golf cart really late at night, because, um, people you met at a beach party, couldn't get home because they were drunk and someone had stolen their golf cart. Like, if that is the setting and you're listening to Ocean Man because your mom had to go pick them up with you at one in the morning, like, that's a good time. But, um, listen to Quebec. And then, um, also Push Little Daisies is a really good song by them. Um, and then Misty Mountain Hop by Led Zeppelin. I've been obsessed with that album, everything on it, like Stairway to Heaven, Going to California, um, Four Sticks, whatever that song is, very, very good. Um, off the top of my head, In Utero by Nirvana, I've been listening to a lot, um, a bunch of shit by the Vaselines, uh, Breaking the Wall, 
just by Floyd again. <sighs> oh, my my uncle gave me a bunch of CDs over the summer. Um, he's like a huge Beatles fan and he gave me like a shit ton of their different like box CD collections of like their hit songs from like blank year to blank year. And I have been listening to a lot of those. Um, in the one about, is it like a fucking hippo? They talk about Harry Krishna, which is her Krishna. Um, and fun fact, I went to the Hare Krishna temple like two summers ago and there's a bunch of like cult conspiracy theories behind it, but that was mind blowing. Um, and the Beatles or specifically, I think Paul McCartney was, or like the one that no one actually knows about, whatever the fuck his name is, um, one of them do you hear that? That's my stomach. Uh, one of them was a member of the Hare Krishna religion. Also, fun fact, I don't want to offend anyone for their religious beliefs, especially if they are Hare Krishna, but um, that specific palace, like that specific Hare Krishna, what do you call it, like plantation what is it even called that area where they resided in West Virginia um that was a cult and they would actually kidnap people from Moundsville West Virginia and murder them and sacrifice them and then throw them into the river on their land until eventually the state was wondering why the stream was clogged up and they had to say, we've been sacrificing people. And then the state went in and pretty much dug up the bottom of the lake, let all the bodies fall through, covered it back up, and then it started running smoothly again. All facts, hashtag no cap. Um, so yeah, just to recap, be a nice person. Um, stand up for people, stand up for yourself get off your phone and listen to Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Hell yeah. Goodbye.